Welcome to The Table, a place where stories are told, life is shared, and our hope is you'll leave full. We encourage you to sit back, pull up a chair, and enjoy the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Table. I'm your co-host Drew Phillips, and joining me around the table today is my co-host Chris Albritton. Welcome. Tracy Stanley. Hello. And Brad and Brandy Green. Hello. Hello. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today and joining us around the table. Uh, we're excited today to talk a little bit about adoption and fostering and kind of the role that God has used that in your life and how that's been working here um, at the church and talk a little bit about that. Um, but before we uh, dive into that, um, first of all, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Tracy, we'll start with you. Go ahead and just tell listeners what are some of your hobbies, things you enjoy, family, things of those of that nature. Well, I am retired. Um, I worked for 36 years for a big insurance company here in town. I'm married. My husband and I have been married for over 40 years. We have two daughters. Uh, my oldest daughter, Margaret, is 23 years old, and my other, younger daughter, Katie, is 20 years old. Um, Margaret graduated from Purdue University, and Katie will be a senior at Purdue University. And like I said, I'm retired, so I spend a lot of time uh, outside as much as possible. I love to work in my yard. Um, my folks live not too far from here, and they are aging, but very active, so I get to spend some time with them. And uh, anytime I get a chance to do something here with my church family, that's always good for me, too. So I'm busy. Oh, that's awesome. Tracy's one of our deacons here at Calvary. We're thankful, thank, thankful for all the work that she does. Um, with that, and I, I have the opportunity of running by her house often. She lives in the neighborhood across the street. Oh, okay. And, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, right. so she does a great job. You, your yard always looks so nice. So Thank good you. work. Good work. <laughs> what about you, Brad and Brandy? Hello. I, I, I grew up in the area. I grew up, lived in Fowler most of my life. Been in West Lafayette for about five years, six years maybe. I work in manufacturing here. Uh, hobbies, motorcycle riding when I can, a little bit of fishing. Yeah. Yeah, just sports, like baseball, watch my White Sox a lot, and that's about it, really. Kids keep me busy enough, so that's basically my life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I enjoy refinishing furniture when I have downtime and a little bit of thrift shopping and antiquing. Um, my, We have five children, um, four boys and one girl, and um, yeah, they keep us busy. How old are your kids? So we have four boys and one girl, like I said, Malachi is 11, Emery's nine, Waylon six, Delilah's almost five, and Christian is three. Good work. Good Thank work. You, you got all that yeah. down. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things uh, we do here at the table, one of the things we like to paint is, is helping people understand what God is doing in our lives. And so one of the places we'd like to start with that is tell our listeners a little bit about your faith story, how long you've been following Jesus, um, if there was a catalytic moment in there that, that was um, part of that and what that journey has been like for you over the years. And we'll start this time with, with Brandy and with Brad. Yeah, I, I grew up a Christian. My mother was Christian. Grandma, I grew up in a Christian family. I went to church most of my life, and there's a few years there where I just kind of stopped going because, I don't know, the church I was going to wasn't quite speaking to me really anymore, so I kind of just quit. I hate to say it. Then uh, Brandy found Calvary here, she jogged me along. <laughs> so I come chucked it out. I was like, wow, I can, yeah, I, I get this. You know, I, I can understand this more and better. It's a little more my speed, more I can get what's going on. You know, it speaks to me more. So yeah. I, and it just yeah. stuck, and here I am still going. Go. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. 
My faith journey is a little bit different. Um, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Um, I knew there was a God, um, but I wasn't ready to take that on. Um, I didn't, I had no one to kind of show me the way. Hmm. Um, It was through, um, I guess, my children that I became a Christian. Um, We lost a um, little guy three years ago. And I had been angry with God for so long before that. And so um, after losing um, Winston, I um, didn't want the pain anymore. And so um, I joined a mops group, and Mm. they showed me kind of what it was like to live in a Christian life. And that kind of opened up doors for me. And so my children really have been the ones to point me towards. Tracy, what about you? Um, I was raised in a Christian home as well. My uh, parents were active in the church. Um, we went to church fairly regularly. I came from a large family. I had four brothers and sisters. Um, but when I went to um, college, and uh, David and I were actually married a year before I got out of college, um, we didn't have a church, and I pretty much wasted about 26 years not growing in my faith um, after college. Now, I will say it, when I was 13, I had grandparents that were very strong believers. And because of my uh, mother's mother, my grandmother, um, I did accept Christ um, when I was 13. But um, I didn't grow at all um, until, actually, till my kids. I think that was my one of my main motivations was my kids. I knew I wanted my kids to be raised in a Christian home. So... Um, when we uh, got back from China with Margaret, um, we found a church and started going to church again. Wow. Very cool. Wow. So our topic today is about fostering uh, and adoption. And so let's just start off throwing that, that uh, topic out there. Uh, what was your, your reason? We'll start with you, Tracy, first. What was your reason uh, talking with your family, with your husband, about why you uh, wanted to do fostering or adoption in the first... You, you did adoption, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. We did adoption. So what, what led y'all to that decision? Well, um, I wanted a family. I knew I always wanted a family. Um, after I got out of college, I pretty much had a career. Um, and David and I were married for 18 years before we decided time's running out. And by that time, um, then we realized that I could not have children. And for me, the next logical step was to look at adoption. And when we started checking things out, we decided that we wanted to do an international adoption. And then about a year later, we went to China and got Margaret. And then about two and a half years after that, we went back to China and got Katie. Was there a local organization that you worked with, or what was There was an um, agency in Evansville that we okay. worked um, with that uh, took care of and helped us with the adoption of both of wow. both girls. Wow. And the Greens, tell us the same. So what 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 started the conversation between you two about uh, this topic? And you, and you fostered, correct, at the beginning? Yeah, we, we were foster to adopt. So we had adoption right off the bat. That way was something we wanted to do. Foster to adopt means uh, you only foster children that are potentially up for adoption. So, yeah, when I... First met Brandy, she brought it up right away that she wanted to be a foster parent, I mean, right away. I was like, that was pretty cool because I have an aunt and uncle who has fostered and adopted kids already. So I was kind of familiar with it, and I thought they were pretty noble for doing it. 
So that intrigued me about Brandy. I was like, well, maybe she's got a good head on her shoulders, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I like that. And so we just started talking, talking more. And the next thing you know, we're married, and here we are adopting kids. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that brought me to adoption, basically. Yeah. And you went through the, the state of Indiana. Was there some other organization as well? Yeah, we went through uh, the state of Indiana, DCS. Yeah. Yes. They, yeah. Yeah. Department of Child Services. And, and started with fostering. What was the, the timeline on from the time you started fostering to uh, adoption of the first one or any of them? Um, it's a real long process, lots of ups and downs um, through the adoption journey. Um, it's normally, I think, an average of 24 months before you can legally adopt the child before, you know, it's your yeah. officially mm-hmm. yours. Yeah, a lot of loops you got to jump through and hoops. Yeah, I mean, when you're going through DCS, they, a lot of standards you got to meet, you know, background checks, uh, classes, all this stuff. Like, you know, you got to do it. I mean, they don't want to give their kids to anybody, you know, so, yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of work to it. <laughs> so, Brandy, I'm a little bit curious where, you, you know, you said you met, as soon as Brad met you, that you were already talking about it. What, for you, kind of stirred that? Um, I've always wanted a big family, and so I knew um, I had some things medically going on with me, so the potential of us having a biological child was pretty slim. Okay. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. what better way? Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. You mentioned some of the struggles of um, getting background checks, different things like that. Um, What were some of the struggles during the process? Was it maybe going, having all the interviews and uh, meeting with uh, both sides of the party, with the families that that you're currently fostering with? Some of any of those struggles you want to share? Um. To me, it was just all the loops you have to jump through. Uh, the time it takes, all like Saturday classes and all, you have to meet so many points to get your license and you have to keep those points every year after year. So that was tough. And yeah, when you do meet the bi- biological mom and dad, it can be pretty nerve wracking. Yeah. They uh, don't pay to pr- paint a pretty picture for you. You know, they try to put you down they, mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're taking their children. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah, we're just here trying to help, yeah. but they don't see it that way. Yeah, they see us as against them, and that's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tracy, so we're going back to you on this, uh, specifically with the adoption. What were some things that, uh, some hurdles you had to jump over um, in the process of Well, it? with an international adoption, the only thing to contrast with um, with Brandy and Brad is that you have to comply with the rules and regulations of two different countries. So we had to do everything that we had to do for the United States so that when we brought them back, they would be citizens. And then you have to also go through whatever kind of uh, laws there are in China. So you got, you know, you just have to make sure all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed because by the time you're done, they will know everything about you. They will, you got hoops and... You got to jump through them, and you have to you have to be determined to get to the end, because mm-hmm. it it can be frustrating. But if if wow. once you get it in your head, I mean, you just put your head down, and you just keep going. Yes. And how long of a process was that for from start to finish? Um, with Margaret, um, with my first child, it was a little over a year um, because uh, right at the last minute, China d- decided to change some procedures. So then we had to back up a little bit and redo some things. With Katie, it was a little quicker. I think it was more like eight to nine months. China had a one-child-per-family policy, so there were a lot of, of, of infant children that were abandoned or, mm. 
worse. So at that wow. time, um, China was a good place to go if you wanted a family. And did you have to make multiple visits to China, or was it one? Nope. And you everything by the time uh, when you submit all your paperwork, you get from China. They send you a picture that's about one inch square and say, this is the child we've selected for you. Do you accept it? And who would say no? Yeah. So you, you know, you accept the child and you go over and then you go through whatever bureaucracies they want you to go through and then you come home with your child. Wow. We wow. were there for about between 10 days and two weeks for each one. And, and this is not on the, uh, the, the questions we asked, but would you be willing to share what the, the first moment of seeing Margaret oh. was like, or was that... Uh, when they, um, we actually went to the um, Social Welfare Institute where Margaret was, and um, I had her little picture, but when they, when they brought, they brought them in one at a time, we were with a group of nine other couples mm -hmm. that were adopting kids, and they had all been through the same procedure. And when they brought her in, the minute they walked through the door, I was halfway across the room. I knew wow. it was her. Mm. I, was, I knew it was her. And with Katie, um, it was, oh, it was 101 degrees in China. And we had been on the Great Wall, and we were on a bus, and we were headed back to the hotel, and we got a message from our, I guess you would call it our guide or our leader, that the babies were already at the hotel, and they had been on a train that day, I guess all these kids, for about eight hours. It was hot. Mm. And they said, go to your hotel room and um, get cleaned up a little bit because... <laughs> We were all exhausted, mm -hmm. and um, we're and then come to this particular room, and we have your kids for you. And when um, when they said her name, I looked at her, and she didn't quite like like her picture, and so I just stared and just like I swear I looked through her eyes all the way down to her toes, and like in about three seconds I realized that was her, and she. Um, she was a couple months older than Margaret, and you could tell the difference. I, you know, I'm blonde, and she had never seen a blonde before. And we have this one picture at home where she is just, I'm holding her, but she's like, her head's back like, <laughs> I'm an alien. <laughs> she liked her dad real well. Um, her dad is, um, has got dark hair, and she was a daddy's girl for about two days. Um, but there was one office that we had to visit where... Um, the men had to go one place, and the woman had to go another. So Katie had to stay with me, although I think she really wanted to go with her dad. Mm -hmm. And we'd had her for about two days. Well, in that time, she she warmed up to me, and she wow. figured out it was okay because I got her smiling. So, but, yeah. And what were the ages that you adopted at? Um, Margaret was about six months old, and Katie was about eight months old. And then I always think I have a cousin that um, my aunt and uncle adopted who's now a will be a sophomore at Purdue. Mm -hmm. And I always think about that plane ride back. You know, what's it's a it's a twenty two hour it's long. It's a long thing that to do all of that with a newborn that you've just like that all of that yeah. for me is one of those things when when it, when it's international adoption like that that I always think, man, I can't imagine that plane ride, the joys and the excitement, yeah. but just the practicality of it the was fact long. That, you know, you're a new mother anyway. And then with Margaret from the time we left China till the time we got home, it had been 37 hours without a bed. Oh, my. And wow. she was young enough that you had to hold her the whole time. Mm. I mean, you didn't have a seat. And we were, we, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty long. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. So why don't y'all share, um, Brad and Brandy, a story of 
uh, when one of your children showed up for foster? I mean, did they just show up at the front door? Did they call you, give you a heads up? Uh, anyone in particular you want to we share? We were pretty lucky to, since we were foster to adopt parents, They um, we kind of knew ahead of time what was going on. So Malachi and Emery, um, our caseworker, actually emailed us with their pictures and um, we fell in love right away, or at least I did, and I was kind of encouraging Brad because we were <laughs> newlyweds, and here we are adopting a two- and four-year-old, you know, mm. fostering, so it was a different world for us. But um, the foster family that they were at, um, we kind of eased them into our family a little bit, so they would stay for the weekend, and then they would go back to the foster home they were mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did this over probably a month a month or three months, you know, it was a little bit of time before they actually came to live with us, so... Wow. And you've adopted two sets of, of family members, correct? We talked about this earlier, brother and sister, and then a brother and sister later on. Is that correct? Uh, no, a bro- two brothers oh, sorry, and yeah. a brother and a sister. Yeah. 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 Our youngest two are brother and sister. Yeah. Very good. Nice. So with that, I love, I love sharing these stories and hearing behind some of the, the details. So with it, though, what have been some of the joys? So again, I think a lot of times when people think about fostering to adopt or adoption, there's again, there's those, there, there can be some difficult times. But what have been for you guys some of the joys? And the Greens, I'll start with you guys. What have been some of the biggest joys that have come out of, um, of your fostering and fostering to adopt? For me, it's just basically seeing be simple kids, you know, because they didn't have nothing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't for sure what I could do for him <laughs> when I got him. I was kind of scared. I was like, what do I have to offer, you know? But actually get them home and get them smiling, laughing, playing, and knowing that they're safe in a good place and don't know where they could have been mm-hmm. or could have end up being, you know? So that's that's the joy to me right there, mm-hmm. knowing that they're safe and somewhere kind of normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normals can be, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess one of my joys, we did have um, a, like a three-month-old at one time, and we knew that that um, child was going to go back to the mom. Um, and so it was a hard time giving the child back to mom, even mm. though we kind of knew we were given a heads up. Um, we ran into mom and the child later on in life, and it was so great seeing mm. the mom healthy and um, just being better than in a better place than what she was. Wow. So that's... Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Kid awesome. was doing good and everything, so yeah, good. That was, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. But you, Tracy? Well, I never. Um, I mean, I mean, the kids are mine, so yeah, yeah. Um, we had. I I was comfortable with the big body of water between us and any birth parents, but in their situation, they they were abandoned kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Margaret. The records indicate she had been left at a train station. And Katie had been left at the um, orphanage where she stayed her life. So um, they make an effort when they have an abandoned child to locate the parents, um, and they contact the police. If um, the parents haven't been found, then they are considered abandoned, and they are and they can be adopted. So I don't, I didn't have any worries of like you know running into anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just my kids. So um, it's. I mean, it's the best decisions we've ever made was yeah. to get our girls. Yeah. Now, Tracy, here at, at Calvary, you started a group for fostering and adoption uh, families. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about that when you meet? Uh, what got you started on that? Um, well, uh, when I became a deacon, uh, they encourage you to focus on a particular area 
of um, the church, and one of them was orphans. While I was thinking, you know, we have Haiti, but there's not a lot of contact um, with those, although I've been to Haiti twice. But um, I started thinking, we don't really have orphans, or do we? And I uh, reached out to Amy Anthony, and I said, do we have a lot of, I mean, I knew of myself, and I knew of um, a couple other families, and I just wondered, how many families do we really have in the church? And so I reached out to Amy, and she said, yeah, we do have quite a few mm -hmm. families, and she was just a wealth of information, and she reached out to the families that she knew um, and asked some questions, and would they be willing or interested, and, and asked some questions about what they might need. And the one common thread through all of the um, questionnaires that they had responded to was that they wanted a support group. And I thought, well, how I I have no background in social work or any, I was a criminal justice major. I worked for an insurance company, so I had like no background in any of this. So I thought, how difficult can it be to get families together who have that common bond? And I feel that's a life experience that we will always share. So. Um, we got together last October, and um, we had our first kind of get-together. And what I was just amazed, what the families that were there, they just started, some of them knew each other, some of them didn't. But they just started sharing information, and they were helping each other. You know, this person knew this about that procedure, and it, it just went on. And I swear they could have just gone on for hours. Mm -hmm. and And it just blew me away. So... That was October, and I think we've met pretty much every month um, since then. We've had a speaker come in on, gave us some talks on uh, uh, some disabilities and some kids that come from some hard places. So we've done that. We had a picnic last Sunday. Um, it was interesting. I asked the group what they wanted to do, and somebody said, we want a service project. We want to make personal hygiene bags for the um, foster kids at carry home. And I'm just like... And that just speaks to mm -hmm. their heart. These are the kind of families that we have. They want to help. So that's so, what we do. So if someone's listening to this right now and, and they want to get involved or they, they are um, in the process of adopting or fostering, how do they get connected to your group? On, on the Info Hub, there is a card down at the bottom for 127 Family, which is Foster Adoption Ministry. And if they will fill that out, it will come to me, and okay. then I will get in touch with them. Okay. So, yeah, so for our listeners, if you go to the Info Hub, which is yourcalvary.info, and look for that card, um, even if you search in there in the search window, um, Fostering or Adoption Ministry, it'll come mm -hmm. up. That's good to know. Yeah. And I would encourage anybody who's listening to this, if you've ever considered it, uh, my wife and I have talked about it on occasion. Uh, we have not uh, sought out how to, to foster or adopt either one right now. We've just talked about it. But if you have any questions... I'm assuming that you would be willing to share, either of you share your oh, stories yes, about Definitely. the process of this. Uh, it's been a great conversation just to to hear the stories, uh, to to calm some of the fears. I think maybe some people just have fears of, of what if. Uh, is there anything that you'd uh, like to let the listeners hear as we close our time together? We'll start off with the greens. Um. I guess the one thing that sticks out is um, I always get questions on, oh, you adopted as a baby, you know, they don't have, they're going to be quote unquote normal because you got them at child age, at the baby age. But um, all the children that are adopted or fostered, they all come from trauma. So even the babies, they feel that trauma in the womb. And so um, 
adoption is a wonderful thing. You provide a family um, for the orphan child, but there's more to it after the adoption process. It's still a journey um, that you need, you know, your support group in your church. And I don't know how we would do it without it. So I don't know. I guess for me, just keep in mind when you're dealing with a foster child, because like Brandy said here, they do come from a rough background. They have issues that quote, normal kids don't have, you know. They have psychological issues, learning disabilities, and a lot of them do. So just keep in mind when you're dealing with that, be a little more patient with them. You know, give them a little more time, space, and that. And other than that, that's about it, really. Well, Tracy, is there anything you would want to encourage the listeners with? I would just say that um, it's just so important to form families. Um, our small group did a uh, study a couple years ago. It was a Tony Evans study, and they talked about how God's kingdom is built on families. And I just think that's so true. I mean, I can I cannot imagine my girls living in China that they would ever have known about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they have both accepted Christ. And so if if you have an opportunity and God's laid it on your heart to adopt a child, I mean, go for it because I, th- I think it's worth it. Yeah, that's so cool. I appreciate your guys' time um, today, being here, sharing your story um, and your journey. And, and Tracy, you're right. You know, one of the things for us here at Calvary is so huge is this idea of family discipleship and that discipleship, the home is the primary avenue and place that discipleship should happen. And so being able to, to do that, whether it's with your own biological children or whether it's from a family foster adopt the mixture of that, the importance of the experience and, and the, the discipleship that they're getting in your home is huge. And so I'm thankful for, for Tracy and, and her ministry and, and what she got started and the support that's provided there. Um, because again, a lot of times for us, we just need people to walk alongside of us. And we hope um, that as a church family, we can continue to walk alongside um, you guys well and encourage you. And thank you again so much for being willing to, to share your story and some time with us today. Um, we really appreciate it. To our listeners, thanks again. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to The Table, a podcast of Calvary Church in West Lafayette. For more information, check us out at yourcalvary.info.